to Bernier in the middle. Bernier sees Felipe open. Felipe runs. Felipe says the vial. The vial is open. The vial shoots. Oh, right, right. It's up. The woodworks. Good day, good night, and welcome to Off The Woodworks. Breaking news, the Montreal Impact and Toronto FC, of all people, made a trade this morning. And for that, I have Dwayne Rollins, my partner in crime. Hello, Dwayne. Uh, how are you doing, Kevin? Morning. I'm pretty good. Better than uh, Issey Nakajima Ferran, apparently. He was yeah, not pleased today. 30th birthday uh, party, uh, big big party planned here in Toronto tomorrow. Uh, this is a guy that's been through Ringer in the last little while. Uh, wasn't paid in Cyprus. Battled to get out of his contract there. He was on trial in Toronto for two months. They finally sign him, and less than two months later, they move him. Now, I guess they're on the up note. They're only moving him four hours up a highway, which I suppose is is, is better than it could have been. But uh, yeah, kind of a illustration of how cruel uh, MLS and its its formats can be sometimes. And the timing of it as well on his birthday and. He's cap tight as well, so we won't be able to play for the, in the Voyager's Cup for Montreal. But Colin Warner is heading to Toronto. And I have to say, Dwayne, I don't get that trade on Toronto's side because you had to give allocation money as well. And I would not even have traded Nakajima Ferran one-on-one for Mark Warner because I think he says he's worth a lot more than Warner is. Yeah, I mean, that's the perception, yeah. And, and when the f- trade was first being announced, there was a lot of people in Toronto that... Their instant reaction was, was this doesn't make sense. There must be something else at play. But then when you read the press release, you listen to what TFC is saying. No, it seems that they just rate Warner more. Now, he, Warner is younger. Um, this is his 30th birthday this weekend. As we just said, Warner's just 25. Uh, uh, Warner's paid more, though. Um, I believe um, you might know his contract situation better than I. I believe he's probably on the final year of that deal. So that might play a role in TFC thinking that they... They want an expiring contract to, to make another big move uh, once Cesar leaves and opens up a deep, or well, Cesar's not going to have a DP spot. Maybe even they're looking at it to sign him when he moves on. I don't know. That's speculation, early days. Um, no, no, you're right. And what surprised me is the fact that a uh, very different type of player, Nakajima is more of a winger, more of an offensive type of mindset, and Warner is a little bit more defensive, but Warner, you can use it almost any way you'd like on the pitch. Yeah, uh, the the statement TFC made, the Bezbachenko, Tim Bezbachenko, the uh, TFC GM, made was that they're bringing uh, Warner in to basically be f- uh, cover for Michael Bradley during the World Cup. That And that tells me that, the, first of all, I, I said that this is a good news for, for Ryan Nelson. I, there's a lot of people, especially in the United States, that think Ryan Nelson's on the quote-unquote hot seat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he is. I think he's here for the year no matter what he does, and I think they're committed to his vision, which his vision is to play a very tight, central, centrally packed kind of organized game and, and hit on the counter. Um, Izzy played a little bit wider. He was a little less defensively minded than Warner. I think that's part of their thinking. Um, I, in a minute, can go into the numbers a little bit. I looked at the performance data for this year. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, I think that this just speaks to the fact that um, Warner is more of a Nelson kind of grunt that he can put out there and play that defensive line. Uh, you know, by all accounts, he's, he's, a, he's a fit player. 
Uh, that's my understanding of him. Uh, he has a good work rate. Uh, his his deficiencies lie on the technical side, the, his touch and his uh, sort of vision, I believe. Is that a fair way to put it, Kevin? Uh, yes, very fair to be, very fair to put it, yeah. Um, Izzy is, is a little more offensively in minded, but when I, I looked, oh, and, and real quick, and I'll plug what I just wrote. I evaluated the trade of Canadian soccer news. You can see a bit of the numbers there on my conclusion was that the, they're very similar players that Warner might statistically speaking be a bit better than than is a uh, but uh, you know judge for yourself anyway the Izzy and uh, and Warner's offensive numbers actually surprised me they were very similar uh, Izzy has 1.8 shots per and key passes per 90 minutes uh, shots plus key passes is a is a statistic that I use to sort of evaluate scoring chances created uh, he's is he was fouled 1.2 times per 90 minutes. Uh, he turns the ball over and is foul and creates a foul uh, three times per 90 minutes. And his defensive involvement stat, which is a combination of uh, clearances, interceptions, tackles, and aerial wins, uh, 2.8 per 90 minutes. And Warner and numbers aren't great podcast fodder, but bear with me. Warner is 1.7 on the shots plus key passes and 0.4. So Izzy is is more provides a little more going forward. He gets a little more attacking, but it's not as much as I would have thought. Uh, the turnovers are very similar. Warner turns the ball over 3.3 times per 90 minutes, but the defensive involvement is much better. It's it's two two more defensive involvements per 90 minutes, which is pretty significant. Uh, it's 4.8. Um, passing wise, I won't go into the details here, but they're. Warner's a better passer. He is uh, an 80.9% passing completion rate. Um, he completes more long balls and uh, has more through balls per game than he does and, and more key passes, 0.8 to 0.6. So they're very similar players, though, in terms of their numbers. And that's, from a Toronto perspective, it's hard to wrap your head around why they would do this to a player. In two months, it's kind of just really crappy way to treat people. Oh, no, and that's what I've been reading online. It's... People are saying that they're back to the old TFC management where they just thought of players as fantasy players and just numbers that they could just shuffle and move them around like they were nobody. And the one word that Issei Nakajima Fran tweeted today that uh, caught my attention was inhumane. He, ch- yeah. he tweeted hashtag inhumane. I would never thought I would see that word associated with soccer today. Yeah, I mean... You know, contextually speaking, within MLS, it is. I mean, obviously, we're not talking about... Yeah, and this, the kid. fact that you say this birthday party was supposed to be tomorrow, and forget that party now. Well, yeah, he's going to have to probably find an apartment in Montreal. Yeah. Um, at least he's close to July 1st, so, you know, might yes. have often. <laughs> Canada um, International, Quebec International Moving Day. Yes, uh, there's, yeah. <laughs> we're delving beyond the scope of this podcast right now, but... Um, yeah, it's it's sad. I mean, look, I subjectively, objectively, subjectively speaking, I think that based on what I've seen in those that performance data number, that Warner is a little bit better than he gets credit for. I suspect that he reminds me just based on that, and I haven't seen a play yet as, as like a Terry Dunfield. For those that remember him, Dunfield. No, was you're a- you're totally right, and all season long, that's what I've been saying on After Woodworks. With your help on the stats wise, I've been seeing that Warner has been doing better because he's been the goat. He's been the scapegoat all season, and fans don't like him in Montreal. For some reason, just because the way he handles his demeanor might be seen as nonchalant, even though he might not be nonchalant, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how why he, he rubbed people the wrong way, even though he's talented and he, statistically and numbers wise, he was having a good season. Yeah, the, the type of work, the type of numbers that we're talking about are stuff that no one sees, and what they do notice, the, they remember turnovers. Um, the three point three, uh, that's a little bit higher than you'd like. 
Um, so and people remember turnovers, and that was the same with Dunfield in Toronto, who was a goat here, uh, despite the fact that he was you know kind of a good guy and all that. And I had a soft spot for Terry because Terry played a single game for Manchester City way back when, but um, he, he was a product of their youth services uh, system. Anyway, uh, yeah, the the people remember a turnover. They don't remember someone having their mark correctly. You know, it's it's just the nature of human nature. But uh, really, it comes down to me, is, is this an indication that Toronto's going to continue to treat its players like fantasy players, like you said a minute ago? And if that's the case, they're never going to get ahead. It's unfortunate. I, I don't know. It's it's uh, in isolation. Um, you can understand this happening once in a while. Uh, the fact that it's his birthday is really unfortunate, but... I mean, it's professional sport, and it's kind of soulless that way. Maybe and they the, could. The timing it. of it probably was realized after the fact. Like, yeah, the they probably did not be like, "Oh, it's his birthday." No, he probably do. Okay, let's do this. Let's trade, and then like, "Oh fuck, it's his birthday too." Well, and I think the key, key there. If this morning, um, John Molnaro from Sportsnet uh, tweeted out that he he called the, the rumor started in the morning. This was happening okay. uh, before it was officially announced, and John made a few phone calls and uh, called Izzy's um, agent. And his agent said, "We have no, uh, we're not aware of any trade talks." To me, there is there. The fact that it's birthday is an unfor- is an unfortunate coincidence. It's if if he is in fact coming in to cover for Bradley, then that's just the timing that it was, right? But the fact that he wasn't included at all, they weren't trying to communicate openly with the player. That's the troubling aspect to me. And I yeah, get you don't like, want uh, to to be devil's advocate. His name might have popped up at the last second. We all know how trades happen, you know. It's two guys talking on the phone usually, and they're just throwing things, throwing names around. And maybe at the end of the conversation, Bez like, "And what about Nakajima Fran?" And maybe Klopas, because Klopas supposedly is the one uh, managing the MLS trades or Matt Jordan apparently. So it's not even an NDS move. We don't know that yet. We haven't had any confirmation on the impact like usually. But his name was probably thrown at last minute, and then the deal was concluded, probably. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, it still would have been, I think, this morning. You know, it's hard. I get it, but I think what it really speaks to, and is, is that you're, well, this is more philosophical. But MLS tries to have a foot in both the world football world and in the North American sports world, um, and trades kind of are, or obviously they're not kind of. They are part of the North American sports world. So if this happened in hockey or in baseball or whatever. People would go, ah, that's unfortunate, but they'd sort of understand it and conceptualize it a little bit more as just being part of the business. But if you're dealing in football, which is a world market, it just doesn't happen anywhere else. So I think that MLS would be, it would benefit MLS to have a much tighter trade period um, if they really insist on in having trades, and I think they probably will. Uh, then maybe restrict trades to during the transfer deadlines because that's something players can com- that players around the world can comprehend a little bit more. And when you're dealing again, I think that's important that you have to understand this is viewed through the player's scope. And if this is just outside of their their general understanding of how sport works, which it is for ninety not five percent of the world's soccer players, then you need to reflect that. So I would say that this is probably the best indication that I can point to right now of why MLS has a much too long trading period. They need to restrict, greatly restrict when trades can happen, and they really should happen during the transfer windows. So we talked about Warner's possible role with TFC, which might be to uh, take Bradley's spot while Bradley plays three games in Brazil. But <laughs> what do you think is uh, Nakajima Ferran's role is going to be with the impact? Is he the key on the wings, on the left wing, or what is, what's going to happen? Yeah, I suspect that they're going to... He was starting regular for TFC and was, was playing quite well. He has two goals. Um, you know, that's what people look at and thought that the trade was offside because he has the two goals. But goals are a bit... 
you, you can't rely on goals to evaluate players. It's nice that he got them, and it's good for him. Uh, he does, uh, you know, he has a good work rate. Uh, he, he does a, he's a winger, <laughs> so he's going to play out that way. And um, I, I suspect that uh, it's a bit of a salary dump, too, for Montreal. They got allocation in and $50,000 uh, cleared on the cap. So you combine that, maybe they've cleared 70 or 80 grand. Um, That's mid- enough for a player. Yeah, midseason DP is only about a 180 cap hit. So uh, if there's other things in the work, it works in Montreal. And uh, I think you've suggested off off air to me that yes, there might and be. Uh, I can put my neck on a line and say it on air. There's rumors and rumblings that Mr. Uh, very well-known support supporter darling Jabrowski might be out. Uh, we don't know. He had a great showing in uh, Wednesday. One of the only players who actually played good against Edmonton. Even though Montreal won, still, I believe the 80s got robbed. And I'll talk about that later. But uh, Jabrowski might be on his way out. And that would clear a little bit more room, which would speak to to Joey's instinct to go big, to go big or go home. I, I suspect the Impact are looking for an Impact DP signing in, in the midseason window, um, which will open up right after the World Cup. Yeah, so they've. I don't know. The thing with the impact at this point in time, six points uh, off of nine games. They, they, they need points. They're they're falling too far behind at this point. Uh, they, they need to they need to survive the next few months or next few weeks and come into the break where they can bring in that midseason DP and be within. I'd say if they're in within ten points of a playoff spot, they they still would have a chance, but they can't drop much further than they are right now. So I mean, you have to think long and short term. Uh, with Montreal in terms of uh, this season, uh, you know, so you can't be waiting too long to bring in a, you bring in whatever he's thinking of bringing in. Absolutely, and I just want to remind our listeners: the Two Solitudes MLS podcast, an episode came out yesterday, my last Monday as well. Another episode's coming Monday, and the Five Rings Olympic podcast on the Two Solitudes will have Rudy Schuler Monday of Gold dot com Canada. It's going to be a great conversation with Rudy Schuler. So, Dwayne, thank you very much for taking the time to talk about the trade today. No worries, we'll we'll talk Monday. Podcast Monday. <laughs> You're listening to Off the Woodworks. If you want to reach Kevin Arame, you can do it by email, off the woodworks at hotmail.com, on Twitter at Off the Woodworks, or you can go like our page on Facebook. Facebook.com slash off the woodworks. You can get this show everywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburner, everywhere you like. You can get this podcast. Now back to the show. And we're back on After Woodwork. So, the Montreal Impact have made it through to the finals of the Canadian Championship, the Amway Canadian Championship, or the Voyager's Cup. They're in the finals versus Toronto. Because Toronto uh, passed Vancouver as in the penalties. Uh, if you want to know all about the Voyager's Cup, and all about the Vancouver and Toronto game. Listen to the latest Two Solitudes came out yesterday. Two Solitudes and Must podcast. Which me and Dwayne talked in details about the Voyager's Cup. But now on the Montreal side of things. Montreal with that trade. But Issei Nakajima Ferran. Like we talked with Dwayne earlier. Is cap tight. He won't be able to play in the final. But it doesn't matter. He'll play in the MLS. Which where, that's where we need him. Is he the answer in the left wing? Probably. I will see. So it's great to see that Devayo did not play this weekend, last weekend, did not play in the Canadian Championship as well. Devayo still favoring his hamstring, his ischio jambier, his leg. So um, hopefully he'll be maybe fit next week. I hope we don't see him tomorrow in D.C. 
I don't want to jeopardize his fitness. Let's put McInerney. He's on a good run. He had great great Canadian Championship games. He's on form and he might be he's fit and he might be on form right now. Uh, FIFA terms. So with McInerney being on form, I really hope McInerney plays tomorrow in DC. It ain't that to 2013 DC. DC United not going to be easy to play against. With our former captain, old captain, my captain, Davey Arnaud. Davey F.N. Arnaud is now playing for DC United. And we will be playing against him. Not we, but the Montreal Impact tomorrow. At RFK Stadium. Down in the Washington Nationals territory. Don't get me started on the Nationals. You damn Expo Steelers. You should at least still have the retired jerseys of the Montreal Expos. But no, there's people wearing the eight and the... Uh. Anyways, back to soccer. Can the Montreal Impact put two league wins? Not two league wins, no. I mean, can they bounce back from a 3 nothing loss against Kansas City? To go back on the winning side. Because after only six points... On a possible 27. Six points on night games. The Montreal Impacts are in a hole. They're digging themselves a big hole. And like I said with Dwayne. Now, Montreal Impact might be trying to. Get a big DP or something now. With the money they are freeing. And we'll see what happens with either Brovsky. Or any other player today. Or maybe tomorrow. Or during the weekend. But something else is going to happen. Don't tell me uh, Issei Nakajima Ferran. That's long to say. Hey, it's off the woodworks. Let's find him a nickname. Issei INF. So, how long is it take going to take INF to uh, be accommodated in Montreal? To maybe make the difference? So, INF might be just the first move for the Montreal Impact. Let's see what Klopas does. Or Nick DeSantis. But, or Matt Jordan, for that matter. For that matter. But I think it might be more Klopas trying to get those type of players. But again, Toronto uh, doesn't look like having the great reputation again just by that trade. The rumblings on Twitter and on the Twitterverse and on the interweb universe. What they are talking about right now is the fact that Toronto is not treating his players the right way. They train him on his birthday after a big party he had planned tomorrow for his 30th birthday, blah, blah, blah. And they still trade him the day before. Okay, granted, like Dwayne said, they traded him to the closest place they could. But they still trade him the guy. So that's kind of sad in a way. But hopefully, hopefully INF will be the Montreal solution. And hopefully Warner is not going to bite us in the bite in the butt by playing well in Toronto. Hey, both are cup tied. So, you know, in a fact, in a way, we're going to face Toronto without Bradley and without the guy that's facing him. So that might have been part of the whole thing as well. So it's it's very interesting to see what the fallout of that trade will be this weekend. And in the upcoming finals of the Voyagers Cup. <laughs> so, what do you think the Montreal Impact is going to do this weekend? I expect nothing. With the Sporting Kansas City loss last weekend, 3 nothing. Dom Dwyer has been great. Uh, he's dangerous. He did not play the whole 90 in uh, Wednesday. He did not start. He came in as a sub. Still trying to... Still scored against Philly, even though they lost 2-1 to Philly, uh, Kansas City. So, they just lost a game. So, for them, it's good. But DC United 
are coming there well-rested with players like Chris Rolfe, rejuvenated this year, came out of Chicago and now playing well in, in D.C. And now players like Eddie Johnson, who just got snubbed by the World Cup team of the U.S. Men's National Team. So he has a chip on his shoulder, a big one, because he kept complaining on Twitter only like Eddie Johnson knows how to do. So he's been complaining on Twitter ever since. He always complains on Twitter. If you know Eddie Johnson, he's famous for that. He's famous for even complaining when Clint Dempsey came in and had more money than him. So that just tells you what type of uh, quick to answer on the keyboard type of person he is. So very interesting Twitter to follow. Follow that. Very interesting. But with that, he might have a chip on his shoulder and might play out of his mind. Because he was not selected for the 30-man roster for the U.S. Men's National Team for Brazil 2014. So that will be interesting. Very interesting. So, I don't know. I have a bad feeling for Montreal. I don't think the Vio is fit enough to play. Same for Ferrari. Uh, some players will be tired. Played this Wednesday. The whole 90 we met and those type of things. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of uh, starting 11 Klopas will show the people on Saturday. Because on Wednesday it was a type A1 team. And let's just talk about it mental for one freaking second. Boakai, Boakai, Boakai. Great performance still. Uh, I have to say, Montreal got a dubious penalty to win the game in the 96th minute. They got lucky. Very, very lucky. And that's a shame that the referees uh, doing the results of a game again. It's just a shame. It's just shameful that it's referees deciding a game again. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. But it did. Drew Fisher, Cross Edmonton. Historic moment. It could have been. For them to advance to the finals of the World Just Cup. But it wasn't meant to be. Not this year. Maybe next one. So, the Montreal Impact are on to the next one. So, hopefully, in the finals, they'll do well. And now, what are they going to do? Let me know what you think they should do. Out to Woodworks at Hamel.com. Should the Montreal Impact concentrate on Major League Soccer? Or now, being so far down, only 6 points after 9 game, should they throw all the eggs in the Amway Canadian Championship Finals basket, with Toronto being a little depleted with missing their goalkeeper and Bradley because of the World Cup? So, should they put all their eggs in that competition to gain the golden ticket to the CCL and try to perform in that stage and just use Major League Soccer as a stepping stone for 2015? Should Montreal Impact do that? Let me know what you think. Off the Woodworks at Hotmail.com. On Twitter, Off the Woodworks. Facebook. Anywhere you like, you can find Off the Woodworks. And with that, thanks a lot for listening. I'll talk to you again very soon. I am Kevin Laramie, and have a great soccer.